I guess the, the idealized mindset would be one where, okay, I start a business and in three years, I'm acquired by Google and Apple because it was so exciting. It doesn't usually work out that way and it takes longer because sometimes there might be um, a hiccup in the tech. So what you think works perfectly is difficult to scale, right? To make it operate at speed. I am Conrad Chua and this is Changing Careers, a podcast about the changing nature of MBA careers and how MBAs can change their careers. Venture capital, or VC, has been a hot topic for MBAs over the last few years. If you watch the HBO hit comedy Silicon Valley, and I, I raise my hand, I'm binge-watching this at the moment, I'm a big fan, you'll get a rather romanticized idea of what VC is all about. But the reality is that it is a difficult industry to get into, and I was really privileged to speak with Carol Chung from Cambridge Innovation Capital about the VC industry in Cambridge. First, she explained what Cambridge Innovation Capital, or CIC, does. Uh, CIC, or Cambridge Innovation Capital, is a deep tech venture capital firm that's based here in Cambridge. Myself, I work on the investment team as an investment associate. So what that means is I'm effectively always looking and scouting for up-and-coming and promising technology-based startups to invest in. So some of our listeners might not know that much about investing in early-stage companies. So could you talk about what is seed funding, what is growth funding, uh, what is a venture capital firm mm. like CIC? For me, I look at a seed investment and you can dif differentiate them based on sums of money or quantum of investment and disaggregate it that way. But I would consider a seed investment generally something that is less than or equal to about a million. And let's say... Is that a million pounds, a million dollars? Yeah, sterling. Because I could, right, so I'll think about it from my CIC lens and put on my UK hat. Uh, so definitely in sterling. And for the next phase, traditionally it's called a Series A, a funding round. And that could be anywhere from a million up to 10, 15, 20 million. You can see a bit of range in that respect. And then from there, it makes sense because it's a Series B, a Series C, D, E, F, and the quantums primarily, they jump accordingly. For my firm, CIC, we specialize more in the Series A world, and we at oftentimes comes down to a seed. So we talked about differentiation based on value of investment, but I think what's more relevant for everyone is understanding the, the stage of where the company is at. And when I think about a seed, I would think you have, at this point, a great idea. You might start to have a, um, a business plan that's formulating in your mind. You have the makings of a MVP or minimum viable product at one point. You may be perhaps at the stage where the entrepreneur is looking for a partner that complements their skills. And the thought processes are, okay, I have this really neat technology. I think it might be applicable to a bunch of vertical applications. I don't know yet necessarily which one, so I'm still thinking about it. And that's generally what I would bucket into my seed world. And when I think about the Series A area, uh, which again is where we tend to specialize in, it's the next step up where the entrepreneur has found that partner and they are working very well together. The MVP is finished. You know, we've, we've done the beta launch, everyone liked it. We're starting to get some hints of uh, commercial traction, starting to get some proof of concepts that 
give validation that the idea and the business that you're doing can can has applications and you're starting to to see where that's going the series a companies are typically at the point where you need more money to grow and expand the team because again the product is becoming taking shape you need to think about internationally uh, do i want to operate and grow in the u.s and china canada wherever else how do i structure these um, it's a very big scale up and growing growing up time frame in series a i think uh, series b the next step can very much have some overlap with Series A in terms of still looking to expand, still looking to to grow internationally, still looking to hire the right talent. Um, but certainly at the Series B stage, the applications to which you are applying your technology should be well entrenched in your mind and you know that there's a proper customer market fit for what you have. And it becomes the thought processes at a B and C stage are more about how well you deploy, how do you increase the efficiency in what you're doing. So that's that's generally how I'd see that 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 journey together. So on the CIC website, it says that technology businesses which grow to a billion dollar valuation in the UK have yeah. on average taken over eight years to reach that valuation. What are some of the common things with these companies? Um, throughout that kind of whether it's the technology the teams or the growth path the, the common themes across these companies generally when you look across time is that it always takes longer than you think so the i guess the the idealized mindset would be one where okay i start a business and in three years i'm acquired by google and apple because it was so exciting it doesn't usually work out that way and it takes longer because Sometimes there might be um, a hiccup in the tech. So what you think works perfectly is difficult to scale, right? To make it operate at speed. Um, so that's that's one of the, uh, I guess, potential impediments. And more, well, very often, what happens is as well that your you need to pivot in your business. So at first, you may think that you're targeting one particular application, perhaps um, in the in the advertising industry. And then you realize that once you get in there, you're starting to deploy, well, this isn't really, really the best fit for what I have. And so you have to spend a lot of time exploring what else or which other applications are more applicable and then making inroads into it, whilst at the same time, correcting market perception that you're not, let's say, an advertising company, instead you're uh, something else. So there, there, this all takes a lot of time. And another particular challenge within Cambridge as well is hiring. So it's a very competitive space here, uh, and it takes time to, to attract the right people, onboard them, um, and get them to stay. So that, that that's a huge cultural aspect that you know most startups fail to realize is quite as time consuming as it is. So just to go from a, a day zero to, to three or five year exit is, is really hard, I find. Especially when you're wanting to go very, very big. So you talk about Cambridge. Um, how does CIC work with the University of Cambridge and Cambridge Enterprise? Sure. And what's so attractive about uh, being a, a VC firm that's so wrapped up in Cambridge? I, I think for us, it, what excites us and myself is the fact that we are the local investors. So 
I told you first that we invest, invest in companies and grow Cambridge ones. Well, we do it by being physically based here in the Hauser Forum so that we are shoulder to shoulder with Cambridge Enterprise, who is like a sister company to us, where we like to talk about new technologies that are arising from perhaps some academics that are uh, potentially looking to license their, their, their technology. Um, and and think about together how we could potentially take that opportunity and expand and grow it into a larger uh, opportunity as a whole. So the, the excitement really comes from being on the ground, understanding what all the different departments are doing and working on very quickly, but I would argue in a sense more quickly than any other VC firm because we're actually right next door to the computer lab, we're right next door to the uh, engineering department, we're very close to the Maxwell Center, so our relationships with uh, industry representatives as well as academics keeps us very, very sharp and aware of what's happening. It's that access that we are, are very fortunate to have here. So CIC um, invests predominantly in healthcare and technology businesses. We, we played at the Cambridge strengths, yeah. So can you share what are some of the trends in these uh, industries that you, know, you find most exciting at the moment? For, for me, I see um, there are several trends that a lot of VC investors will, will, will say right now are sexy, and they are the machine learning, AI ones, along with IoT and blockchain. IoT would be Internet, oh, Internet of, things, of Things, right? Yep, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's Internet of Things. So all of these are super exciting and relevant now because there is a plethora of data that's being spat out by by, by, by machines and sensors and so forth. And we are now at the point where uh, computational power has gotten powerful enough and cheap enough to harness and make use of all this data. So it's a very good time to do that. And it's very fortunate that we are investing in Cambridge because that, again, is one of the strengths to which we excel at. Um, myself, personally, I have a, a more of a financial and investments type of background, and what I'm finding refreshing is seeing how these um, um, machine learning-based algorithms are being applied in an investment and financial context, and how these traditionally uh, more reluctant industries are adapting these technologies, and they're, they're, they're benefiting from it. So I see certain opportunities or companies that are using AI for financial trading in terms of spotting market opportunities, which you know would have been great when back when I was working in 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 investments. So it's very nice to see that. I guess one thing that most listeners may not be aware of is the structure, the financial structure that CIC is, and it's quite a different it's quite different from say a traditional VC firm. Can you just talk briefly about um, say how a traditional VC firm is structured and how CIC is different and what that means in terms of uh, your day-to-day -day work. The way I describe it is a typical VC firm will have a legal structure where there is a general partner and a legal partner where one entity provides the funding uh, to, to the general partner which then operates and goes around making investments. And so that's structured in certain fund life. So that arrangement is typically expected to last, oh, let's say somewhere between five and maybe eight years or so, at which point the, the fund is closed and the idea is then you sell the assets out of the fund. So that can at times cause operational complexity for an investor because, well, what if your company that you've invested in isn't ready to be sold yet? Because it takes longer. Um, that's, that's challenging for a startup. And I think that 
part of the reason why CIC was created in the way it was was to give more flexibility uh, and and uh, time for the startup to find um, their 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 legs, so to speak, so they can develop. So we are actually set up as a PLC, which is different, and we take all of our investments on balance sheet. So uh, some VCs will talk about their LPs, which are people, again, who've given them money. I instead will say that my shareholders are so-and-so-and-so. Um, and operationally, it works fantastically from the investment side because I don't actually have to think about, oh, um, in five years, I have to sell this company or I have to dip into the other fund to fund the next round of this business. So it's just... I have a good pot of money, I go out, I make investments, and I just need to think, I can think it takes a very long period of time and it extends my investment horizon. What advice would you give to entrepreneurs who are looking to grow their technology startups? Yeah, I think if they're doing it in Cambridge, you've found the perfect place. There is a very rich pool of extremely intelligent and, and also very, very fortunately, very collaborative people that really want to work together to, 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 to make the end result better and bigger and are very, very open to sharing, which is, which is very unique to Cambridge. So if I were to give some advice to, to, to a startup staying or starting here, I'd harness that, 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 that aspect of Cambridge because you won't necessarily find it anywhere else, at least not in my travels. I haven't seen it to this degree. Uh, so do, do, do reach out to people, um, make use of the resources that are is so good in Cambridge that are just so plentiful. Definitely do that while you're here. What advice would you give to uh, people, whether MBAs or not, who want a role like yours, which is investing and helping technology companies grow? Advice, I would say that I, some of the best learning experiences I've gotten that have helped with my current role um, has been actually just doing a startup yourself and trying it and working it um, in one. Because you, the learnings that you, you get when you're in a startup are, I feel, at least five to one. So five, one year in, in a regular corporate job versus one year in startup world, you will get five times as much experience because it's just so condensed. It's very intense and you get your hands very dirty. You try everything. Um, that's the nature of it. And if you uh, really, really want to add value as a venture capital investor, I think it makes sense if you've done it before and you can add some 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 stories and some um, and some 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 advice that is firsthand that is relevant to an entrepreneur what do you think about say the sort of personal or people skills that are involved in terms of helping uh, companies that you've invested or uh, VCs invest in is that important as well it absolutely is. I I would say in in my experience, the VC world of investing is very much about relationships. It's about having very very high EQ and trying to understand or, or having an understanding of someone else's perspective on a board or um, in the management team with you know, just listening and really understanding where they're coming from. The capability of being empathetic is super, super, super important in this role. Whereas in my previous role when I was working in private equity, that wasn't necessarily the dominant uh, aspect that was most important. And at least at that time, uh, in that particular role, it was a lot more technical in terms of, okay, well, this is a big transaction. How would you structure the financing side? Uh, but I feel the VC 
lifestyle and VC investing, it is more about that relationship because we are on a journey together. It is going to be very difficult. It's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And do we trust each other enough that we have each other's backs effectively throughout this journey, which is, which is a high EQ requirement for that. I was very grateful to Carol for sharing this conversation with you. I'm continuing this theme of VC for the next episode, where I go to Bangalore, the technology hub of India. So stay tuned for that. If you like the show, remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating to help others discover this. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers. Mm-hmm.